This is Join the Crowd Radio. Jointhecrowd.com. Right, let's get into it. It's your boy Masi says on mytimated.com. Jointhecrowd.com. Playlist Life. Here we are. Here we are. Episode 22. When R&B was rhythm and blues. Volume one. Let's get right into this. Let's break it down. Let's show you why we put these things together for y'all. Let's get into this whole origin now. This first one. When R&B was rhythm and blues, volume one of four, comprised of 25 songs of some of the original R&B that shaped the sound of rhythm and blues that we all grown to love. From the likes of Marvin Gaye, Al Green, Gladys Knight, and many more, come listen to the music that our parents grew up on. Now the first song off this playlist is going to be Say It Loud, I'm Black and I'm Proud by James Brown. It was written by the James Brown Orchestra, Pee Wee Ellis, as well as James Brown. It was recorded at Vox Studios and it was released August 7th, 1968. One of the Godfather's most important historical tunes, this 1968 number has been sampled and referenced countless times in hip hop. As an ironic side note, most of the children recorded for this song were white and Asian. Only a few were black. Wow. But either way, say it loud. I'm black and I'm proud. Next song off this playlist is going to be For the Love of Money by the OJs. It was produced by Kenny Gamble and Leon Huff. It was written by Kenneth Gamble, Leon Huff, and Anthony Jackson. It was released 1973 and it was recorded at the infamous Sigma Sound Studios in Philadelphia. And it was number five off the Ship Ahoy album released in 1973. Often the song is sampled out of context to brag about getting paid or complain that I need money. Instead, its original message was about the evils of having or craving money. Next song off this playlist is going to be I Will Always Love My Mom by The Intruders. It was track number five off the Save the Children album. It was produced by Kenny Gamble and Leon Huff, and it was released in 1973. I Will Always Love My Mama was inspired by Kenny Gamble's mother, Ruby. The song was recorded as a long LP track and for the song's single release was divided into two parts. Part one of I Always Love My Mama peaked at 36 on the Billboard Hot 100 and number six on Billboard's R&B singles chart, staying on the chart for 13 weeks in 1973. Next song off this playlist is going to be Respect by Aretha Franklin. It was track number one off of her I Never Loved the Man the Way I Love You album. It was produced by Arif Mardin and Jerry Wexler. And it was released April 29th, 1967. Aretha Franklin's signature song was a groundbreaking female empowerment anthem of the 1960s. Originally a minor hit by Otis Redding in 1965, Aretha's respect was given a new arrangement and new lyrics about a woman boldly demanding the respect of her man. The song hit number one on Billboard's pop chart for two weeks in the summer of 1967, causing Rolling Stone to remark Aretha Franken had shot out of nowhere and became Lady Soul. Otis Redding's original had a significantly different storyline. It's sung from the perspective of a hardworking man demanding respect from his woman. Engineer Tom Dodd, who worked on both Redding's version and Aretha, suggested covering the song and created a new arrangement. Aretha and her sisters rewrote the lyrics, including the song's memorable breakdown. R-E-S-P-E-C-T, find out what it means to me. R-E-S-P-E-C-T, take care of T-C-B. Sack it to me, 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 sack it to me. Little respect, just a little bit. Next song off this playlist is going to be Ain't Too Proud to Beg by The Temptations. It was track number three of Getting Ready. It was produced by Norman Whitfield. It was released May 3rd, 1966. 
On this Temptations 1966 hit, Ain't Too Proud to Beg, a man pleads with his lover to not leave him. The Temptations tapped David Ruffin to sing lead on a song, with Eddie Kendricks, Melvin Franklin, Paul Williams, and Otis Williams singing backup. The song released on Motown Records' Gordy Imprint, which was produced by Norman Whitfield, who co-wrote the song with Eddie Holland of Holland Dozier Holland fame. When Whitfield produced the song for The Temptations, Smokey Robinson was the group's main writer. Whitfield wanted his job. Next song off this playlist is going to be Let's Stay Together by Al Green. It was track number one off his album, Let's Stay Together. It was produced by Willie Mitchell and it was released November 1971. Known as the biggest hit from legendary singer Al Green, Let's Stay Together is an irresistible romantic soul track that's perfect for serenading that special someone. The song has appeared on Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs of All Time, where it was named the 60th Greatest Song. After being given a first draft of the tune by producer Willie Mitchell, Green wrote the lyrics in a span of only 15 minutes. As a result of this haste, Green initially did not want to record the song and only did it after a persuasion from the producer. Two weeks after its release, Let's Stay Together reached number one on the R&B charts, the only song from Al Green to ever do so. Next song off this playlist is going to be Soul Man by Sam and Dave. It was track number one off the Soul Men album. It was produced by David Porter and Isaac Hayes, and it was released September 1967. Soul Man was written and produced by David Porter and Isaac Hayes with instrumentation provided by Stacks House Band, Booker T, and the MGs. Released as a single in August 1967, the song quickly became a number one R&B hit and has come to epitomize the Memphis soul sound of the 1960s. Next song off this playlist is going to be Ain't No Stopping Us Now by McFadden and Whitehead. It was track number one off of McFadden and Whitehead. It was produced by John Whitehead and Jim McFadden. It was released 1979. McFadden and Whitehead wrote and produced this song with their keyboard player Jerry Cohen. Other musicians on the track included guitarist Dennis Harris and Bobby Eli, bass player James Williams, and drummer Keith Benson. The backing vocals were done by the female trio of Barbara Ingram, Carla Benson, and Vet Benson, who sang on many of the recordings that came out of Sigma. They had various appellations, including the Sweeties, the Philadelphia Angels, and the Girls. This was the only hit for McFadden and Whitehead. They released two more albums, I Heard It in a Love Song in 1980, and Moving On in 1983. Next song off this playlist is going to be La La Means I Love You by the Delphonics. It was track number seven off the La La I Means Love You. It was produced by Stan Watson and Tom Bell, and it was released January 26, 1968. The song is one of the Delphonics' most enduring recordings and perhaps their best loved, noting a number of cover versions. Next song off this playlist is going to be Stand By Me by Ben E. King. It was track number seven off I Don't Play That Song. It was produced by Jay Lieber and Mike Stoller and it was released October 27, 1960. This song was inspired by the spiritual hymn, Lord Stand By Me, and has since been recorded into more than 400 other versions. It was ranked 122nd out of Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs of All Time. In 2012, it ranked as one of BMI's top five most performed songs of the 20th century, more than 11.6 million performances. When it debuted in 1961, it reached the Billboard's number one position in hot R&B singles. Incredible. Stand by me. So darling, darling, stand by me. Oh, stand by me. Next song off this playlist is going to be Up on the Roof by the Drifters. It was track seven on Under the Boardwalk. It was produced by Mike Stoller and Mike Leander. And it was released June 1964. The song was written by Jerry Goffin and Carol King and recorded in 1962 by the Drifters. 
Released later that year, the disc became a major hit in 1963, reaching number five on the U.S. pop singles chart and number four on the U.S. R&B singles chart. In addition to the hit appeal of The Drifters, Up on the Roof epitomized the urban romantic dream. Next song off the split list is going to be If I Were Your Woman by Gladys Knight and the Pips. It was track number one off of If I Were Your Woman, and it was produced by Clay McMurray, and it was released November 1st, 1970. This song was written by Pam Sawyer, Clay McMurray, and Gloria Jones, produced by McMurray and arranged by David Van De Peet. Released in the late 1970 from the album with the same title, it spent one week at number one on the best-selling Soul Singles Chart in 1971. It was also successful on the Billboard Hot 100 Singles Chart, peaking at number nine. Next song off this playlist is going to be You Make Me Feel Brand New by The Stylistics. It was track number nine off of Rock and Roll Baby. It was produced by Tom Bell and it was released August 23rd, 1973. You Make Me Feel Brand New reached number two on both U.S. Billboard Hot 100 and U.K. singles charts, receiving the group a gold disc later that month. This single was one of the well-known soul songs that led to common usage on the Quiet Storm format, where artists would combine very emotional lyrics with slow, sensuous arrangements to create a very seductive music. Next song off this playlist is going to be Sitting on the Dock of the Bay by Otis Revy. It was track number one off the Dock of the Bay. It was produced by Steve Cropper and was released January 8th, 1968. One of Redding's most famous songs, this was recorded shortly before he and most of the band were killed in a plane crash. The song was then released later in 1968 where it had great success and won awards including two Grammys for Best R&B Song and Best Male R&B Vocal Performance. Now, if I wouldn't have pulled this up, a lot of people wouldn't have known the history of the plane crash. Wow, such a powerful situation. Such an incredible song. Next song off this playlist is going to be At Last by the great Etta James. It was track number seven off the At Last album. It was produced by Leonard Chess and Phil Chess, and it was released on November 15th, 1960. A song written in 1941 by Matt Gordon and Harry Warren and originally performed by Glenn Miller and his orchestra for the 1941 movie Sun Valley Serenade, this ballad found its greatest success in the hands of the late Etta James in this 1960 recording. The tune became James' signature song. The song is featured on several best of lists, including inclusion in the Library of Congress, National Recording Registry, and induction into the Grammy Hall of Fame in 1999. Next song off the split list is going to be Me and Mrs. Jones by Billy Paul. It was track number four off the 360 Degrees of Billy Paul album. It was produced by Kenneth Gamble and Leon Huff, and it was released October 1st, 1972. This song is about a man having an extramarital affair with a woman named Mrs. Jones. The song became Billy's biggest hit to date, topping the Billboard Hot 100 and the best-selling soul singles chart in 1972 in December for three weeks, selling two million copies. It had also won a Grammy Award for Best Male R&B Vocal Performance in 1973. Now, from what I heard growing up, this song, a lot of people saying it's about him having an extramarital affair. A lot of people also say it's basically him talking about Mrs. Jones as his drug addiction. You feel what I'm saying? Back then, I think heroin was a really big, big drug. So it could be in reference to those two things, an extramarital affair, or maybe his addiction to heroin or drugs, whatever he was doing back then. When I listen to it, I'm leaning more towards the drug addiction. But hey, I didn't grow up in that era. I wasn't even thought of in that era. So, But it has kind of like both sides to that for me, just listening to it. 
Next song off this playlist is going to be Sexual Healing by Marvin Gaye. It was track number two on Midnight Love. It was actually produced by Marvin Gaye himself, and it was released September 30th, 1982. This song was pretty much one of Marvin Gaye's most popular songs. It won a Grammy Award for Best Male R&B Vocal Performance and Instrumental Version won Best R&B Instrumental Performance. In 2003, Rolling Stone listed it as one of the best songs of all time. Recorded in Ostet, Belgium in 1982, the song represented a comeback for Marvin to the American music scene. The singer had been living overseas to escape two divorces, tax scandals, and to overcome a delivering cocaine addiction and depression. The song was born out of a comment made by songwriter David Ritz when he visited Gay and saw he had pornography spread across his coffee table. He said, Marvin, this is some sick shit. What are you doing? What do you need? Sexual healing? Powerful. Powerful. How that comment turned into a fucking blockbuster hit for Marvin Gay. Next song off this playlist is If You Don't Know Me By Now by Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes. It was track number four of I Miss You. It was produced by Kenneth Gamble and Leon Huff, and it was released September 1st, 1972. This was actually the second single from their I Miss You album, and it's also the group's biggest hit, reaching number three in 1972. If you don't know me by now, you will never, ever, ever, ever know me. I'm trying, guys. I'm trying to sing. I know I can't, but I'm trying. Next song off this playlist is going to be Ooh, Baby, Baby. It's the only way I could uh, pronounce it. It's the only way I could say it. I had to actually vocalize it because when you read it, it says Ooh, Baby, Baby. That sounds like a fucking um, Salt and Pepper song, but this is Ooh, Baby, Baby. It's by Smokey Robinson and the Miracles. It was track number three off of Going to a Go-Go. It was produced by Smokey Robinson and was released March 5th, 1965. The lyrics portray Smokey trying to rebuild a relationship with the woman he had cheated on in the past. Recorded in 1965, it is one of Smokey Robinson and the Miracles' biggest hits. Hitting 16 on the pop charts and four on the R&B charts and is arguably the most covered song. Next song off this playlist is going to be When a Man Loves a Woman by Percy Sledge. It was track number one off of When a Man Loves a Woman. It was produced by Quinn Ivey and Marlon Green, and it was released April 16, 1966. Sledge breaks down the story of the song. He was an orderly at the Corbett County Hospital during the days and a singer in a local band at night. One night, he found he was upset about a woman in a broken relationship that he couldn't perform. His emotions got the better of him, and he turned to a bass player, Calvin Lewis and the organ player Andrew Wright and asked them to play a slow blues backing and he would sing what he was feeling. Sled says the trio later reworked the idea and he ad-libbed that night into the recorded version of the song. This Sled song is the first in a long line of great songs recorded at the music show studio in Sheffield, Alabama. Next song off this playlist is going to be If You Think You're Lonely Now by Bobby Womack. It was track number seven off The Poet. It was produced by Bobby Womack and it was released November 1981. It was initially released as the B-side to his song Secrets, but proved to be the more popular track. The single reached number three for four weeks on the Hot Soul Singles chart. And it's significant because Womack released the song during a time when R&B was on the downslope and the charts were largely dominated by dance music. That's what I'm talking about, Bobby. Bring that rhythm and blues back, baby boy. Next song off this playlist is going to be I Only Have Eyes For You by the Flamingos. It was track number seven on Flamingo Serenade. It was produced by Kevin DeJean, and it was released 1959. 
While other versions of the song were more straightforward, the Flamingos give the song an otherworldly seesaw quality that complements the lyrics about the headiness of falling in love. Next song off this playlist is going to be Mighty Love by The Spinners. It was track number eight off of Mighty Love, and it was released 1974. The song was co-written by Joseph B. Jefferson, Bruce Hawes, and Charles Simmons, and was produced by Tom Bell. Recorded at Philly Sigma Sound Studios, the house band MFSB provided the backing. Bobby Smith and Philip Wynn rotate lead vocals during the first half of the song, with Wynn taking over completely for the final two and a half minutes. During live performances by the Spinners, the song was often used to showcase Wynn's exceptional ad-lib ability. Next song off this playlist is going to be Ass by Stevie Wonder. It was track number 16 off the songs in the key of life, which is probably one of the most incredible albums ever. It was produced by Stevie Wonder and it was released September 28th, 1976. No, I do mean that. Probably one of the greatest albums ever. I wasn't born when this album came out, but I listened to it and yo, know, something that'll definitely bring emotion and tears to you if you really listen to the words and the melodies and the music. Such a great album. Someone more interested in generating sales would have named this song Always, but Stevie already mastered the charts, so he named this song As after the first word in the lyrics, and sure enough, it became his 34th single to crack the top 40. Wowzers. 34 singles to crack the top 40? Stevie Wonder is incredible. Now, the last song off this playlist is going to be A House Is Not A Home by Luther Vandross. It was track number seven off and Never Too Much. It was produced by Luther Vandross and it was released August 12th, 1981. Even though there are earlier versions of this song from other recording artists, in 1981, off of his debut album, Never Too Much, this track was recorded as a seven minute long song and was released as a single and became an R&B hit and later one of Vandross's signature songs. His performance of the song at the 1988 NAACP Awards telecast would bring Warwick to her tears. In 2009, Essence Magazine included Vandross's version of the song in the list of 25 best low song jams of all time. Wowzers. And you gotta think about this. In the 60s, Dionne Warwick recorded this song and to hear Years, mad years later, for Luther to take it to the next level. And that's why I included the Luther version, because it has just more chart-topping, emotional, hit record impact than the Dion Warwick version, which is still an incredible song. You can hear that song to this day, and people will know that's Dion Warwick. But that Luther version, with his voice tone, wowzers. So now that we got through all the songs on this playlist, let's get into my Matsy says. Early on, music artists like James Brown, Aretha Franklin, and the OJs created the sound of music that blended soul, country funk, and pop. Mostly based around the ins and outs of relationships and love, we would later deem this sound as rhythm and blues because of its melodies combined with storytelling. Broken down into four volumes of 25, we start off giving you some of our personal favorites, most called classics, to start this series off. Hope you enjoyed volume one. I got three more volumes to go. Um, volume two is actually up on the Spotify and then volume three and volume four are gonna come later after I finish recording all these episodes for the playlist that I already have up. So sometime later this year, you'll be getting the episode for volume two of when R&B was rhythm and blues. And sometime later on down the year, you'll be getting the playlist for volume three and volume four, as well as those episodes. So I want everybody to stay tuned with me. 
Hope you enjoyed this episode. Hope you learned a little bit of history about R&B and rhythm and blues. I was connected from the 60s, the 70s, the early 80s. This is what these playlists focus on. You know, nowadays, R&B has a different spin to it. It's more poppy. It's more hip-hop. It's more overly sexual. This is when you really got that rhythm and blues from these singers. This is your boy, Matsy Says of MatsyMedia.com, JoinTheCrowd.com, Playlist of Life. Just wanted to keep y'all in tune. Finally got episode 22 to y'all. So, as I always say, until we meet again. JoinTheCrowd.com